0: Before we get to this episode, I just wanted to give a little warning that I recorded these episodes out of order and actually recorded this one several months ago um, and then just never got around to editing it or releasing it. So the intro includes Dakota and it might be a little bit hard to listen to. So um, I decided not to re-record the intro because this is all sort of a memoir Time capsule of my life and um, figured it was worth saving. But if that's hard for you to listen to, feel free to fast forward. for another episode of Adventures from the Van. I am Jenny and I'm joined here with my furry little co-host Dakota who has just turned 10 years old. I can't even believe it. Kind of crazy to think about all of the places we've been and things we've seen and stuff we've done um and all with my little companion right here by my side. So um we are coming to you from Southern Utah, which I feel like is always where I'm at where I'm recording these podcasts, but I have been trying to record as many as I can in a row so that I have a few stocked up and um, we're ready to get back to the storytelling. So as always, if you are tuning in for the first time, definitely go back to season one, the first episode, as I recount all of my stories from my time on the road and it definitely helps to go in order. They all build on each other. You'll know the characters of my life better that way. It will all make a little more sense. So, if you're just tuning in, start from the beginning. If not, I'm going to recap a little bit from the last episode of last season since it's been like six months since we left off. And I left off on that last episode where I had just driven down to Texas to kind of start this adventure with the river guide poker player that I had met online as he was wrapping up his season on the river down in Texas. Now with dating on the road, I know I've said this a lot of times, but all the rules are kind of out the window. You don't really have anywhere to be, or at least in my situation, I could be anywhere. Um, And so you kind of immerse yourself In the other person's life, you don't have the typical boundaries of dating someone where you hang out every so often because where are you going to be besides with them? Um, A lot of the time it involves like parking in that person's driveway and spending a lot of intense time together right out of the gate. So that's exactly what happened here. I don't know anybody else in this teeny town, um, this border town in Texas. And so I just immersed myself in his life. He had um, about a week left of work, and then we were going to be hitting the road to Caravan up to Colorado where he would do his summer work. So he was wrapping up the season down in Texas. We had gone on one long weekend date previously, and it had been a little while since we had seen each other. But as soon as I got back there, it was right back into the swing of things. Everything was awesome. It's new. It's exciting. We're going out to dinner at all of the, like the three places to go eat around there. And he's showing me all the things to do and all of the quirky people that live in this teeny little town. I'm meeting all of the other river guides that he works with. And I was camping with the other river guides where he worked. It had been a long couple days of traveling for me, so we pretty much laid low that first night, went out and grabbed some dinner, and I tried to get to bed as early as possible because I still had to work in the middle of the night. Um, So early morning rolls around, and there isn't great service for me down in Terlingua, but where he worked, there was Wi-Fi. So... I get on the Wi-Fi, I'm able to work, except as soon as everybody else started to wake up and get on the Wi-Fi, the speeds just crashed, absolutely slowed down. I got kicked off in the middle of teaching a lesson, and I go into full-on panic mode. Um, The company that I worked for was very strict because they were based in China, and you didn't have a whole lot of second chances if you messed up, if your internet wasn't stable, anything like that. So I'm in the middle of a lesson and I keep getting kicked off the internet and my students are getting frustrated and I'm freaking out that I'm about to lose my job. At one point I realized that I can get a better signal if I have the door open. So I'm like sitting outside the van trying to get connected and the last two classes of my morning are an absolute disaster. The river guide came to check on me after my last lesson and I was like, this is not going to work for me to stay here. I have to figure something else out. I have to work tomorrow. Um, I'll be lucky if I still have a job tomorrow, but this is not okay and I don't know what to do. So luckily, he was able to arrange with some friends that I go stay at their house where I could use their Wi-Fi and work for the next few days before we hit the road. So crisis mostly averted. Um, After I was done working, it was about time for him to go to work. And he wasn't going to be on the river that day, but instead was going to be taking a group out on ATVs. And so he talked to the manager and asked if it was possible for him to get an extra ATV and take me along. And they said, sure. So I signed a waiver and joined the crew and hopped on an ATV. And it was super fun to be able to go on this tour. I didn't have to pay. Um, I kind of played the awkward Uh, middle of the road between being a guest and also being a guide. So I would help refill waters and take up the end of the line of ATVs to make sure that everybody was there. But I got to see some really cool spots and kind of cruise around Terlingua in a different way. Um, And it was really fun. He right off the bat introduced me to the crew as his girlfriend and um, everyone on the tour was asking us about each other, not knowing that we had only been dating a couple days. Um, But this was when I started to fall really hard, too, because, you know, he's talking about me to this group of people and, you know, saying he's going to try and convince me to move down to Terlingua with him and he wants to buy land that we can live on together. And it was all just very fast. Um, which is exactly what tends to get me into trouble because I also fall pretty fast. So it was a really fun day and at the end of it he was super thankful to have me there and, you know, kept telling me how much fun it was to have me tag along and that I was a natural at being there and talking to the guests and it was just really awesome. He got tipped really well, and I remember him feeling kind of guilty for not splitting the tips with me. So instead, he took me out to a nice dinner to meet some of his other guide friends. So we went to this spot on the other side of this little town for dinner. And one thing that I found really interesting and different about Turlingua is that it's got this really strange small-town feeling and very, like, texas Mexico feeling where everybody knows everybody. Um, Like no one locks their doors. You just leave your keys in the car. It's super quiet. Um, And then everyone's got a dog and everyone lets their dog just roam the town. Uh, Dakota would not even know how to begin to function in a situation like that. So we go out to dinner and we take his truck to get to this restaurant. Um, I let Dakota out, but I don't feel comfortable with her just roaming. She doesn't handle like sitting around groups of people with food very well. And she has some dietary restrictions where she's not allowed to eat food given to her by other people. So, uh, I didn't feel comfortable letting her be a Terlingua dog. And we ended up just keeping her in the truck while we went into dinner. So we go inside, we have dinner, everything's great. Um, a, A little while later, we come out after dinner and realized that it had rained while we were in dinner and everything was wet. It's dark at this point and we're walking back to the truck And I see a car leaving the parking lot. And in the light from the headlights of this car, there's a silhouette of a dog. Like I said, dogs are just roaming all over the place. But I stopped and said to the river guide, like, wow, that dog looks just like Dakota. It's really long legs, just kind of lanky and awkward. Um, And we get to the truck and we open the door. And there's no Dakota inside. Now, the back window of the truck like the little one that looks into the truck bed, that's like half a window that slides over. We had left that open so that it was, so Dakota would have a breeze and she could see outside. And my best guess as to what happened is that um, it probably thunderstormed while we were inside and we couldn't hear it inside. There were no windows in the restaurant. So um, Dakota hates thunderstorms and her instinct for some reason is when there's thunder she wants to escape so I'm guessing that it thundered and she squeezed her way out of the back window of this truck and then was just out in the parking lot and luckily Dakota doesn't have an escape bone in her body she doesn't care to like run away um so then she just hung out in the parking lot, luckily didn't get hit by a car or get into a dogfight or anything, and um, was very, very relieved to see me walk up and take her home. The next few days were really hard. Uh, it was the end of April in southern Texas, and it was so hot. Um, the way that I've survived summers in the van is has been by not being where it's super hot. I have a fan, I have insulation, but that's about it. And it's still a vehicle. Um, As much as I can do to try and mitigate the heat and keep doors and stuff open, um, once it hits 90s, there's just nothing you can do to stay cool enough. And that's how it was. So we had a place to sleep at um, his friend's house where I was able to work. But as soon as I was done working, it was already unbearably hot and the river guide was still working. So he'd be gone during the day at work and I'd have all day to do nothing. And I felt kind of awkward staying at his friend's house. I didn't know them and I already felt like I was sort of intruding on their space. So I tried to keep myself busy, but it was just too hot to do anything. I took a day and found a slot canyon where I could hike with Dakota And I figured a Slot Canyon would be great because most of the time a Slot Canyon is in the shade. And we went for this hike like as soon as I was done working. I probably was out there by 9 a.m. and the sun was just beating down. The Slot Canyon wasn't quite narrow enough to be shaded all day. And I was exhausted from working all night. I really struggled with getting moving right after work. I had kind of trained my body on this strange sleep schedule of sleep, a couple hours, work, and then go back to sleep. So as soon as I was done working, I just really had to fight the urge to take a nap. Um and so we had driven to this state park nearby to go do the Slot Canyon. And I remember like not being able to make it all the way to the state park without a nap first. And then I it got too hot to sleep. So I take Dakota for this hike in the Slot Canyon. And it was so hot and the sand was so hot that I could tell Dakota was uncomfortable walking in the sand. And her and I would just run from one patch of shade to the next. And... I was counting down the seconds until we were heading to Colorado. I couldn't stand being in there anymore as much as the people were fine and the, like the culture was interesting and I liked being there with a the river guide. Um, I was running out of patience for how hard it was to be there. We did our best to stay cool in other ways. Um, we were able to get into the river and... Um, there were days where the river guide wasn't working, and so we would go on our own little adventures. We could leave Dakota to stay cooler in our in his friend's house, and then we went out on the town and found things to do and ways to stay busy and cool places to drink. We ended up at um, this one restaurant that had this nice outdoor area, and we were sitting there drinking beers, and they had this little concert going on to, um, have this little fundraiser. They were auctioning things off for this fundraiser while we were listening to music. And one of the people running the fundraiser came over to talk to the river guide and he introduced me and the person running the fundraiser said, Oh, you are cute. We need your help. You're going to go give these things out at the auction and try and get people to donate money. Um, (laughs) This was way outside of my comfort zone, but you know, when in situations when you can say yes, I guess you do. So I got up there and got to give out prizes and um, had to, you know, joke around with people and talk into the microphone in between sets on stage. And uh, it was kind of crazy, but definitely an interesting little opportunity then finally our time in was coming to an end and I was very excited to get out of there. We were set to drive for a few days to get um, up to Colorado and there were a couple of other river guides that worked the same places during the same season so they would be kind of making that trek too. Now when I first heard that we would be kind of making this adventure across states I was sort of hoping that the river guide and I would go at our own pace and we'd meet everybody up there because the situation was similar in Colorado where all of the river guides sort of camped and lived together and the river guide community is very tight-knit at least this one was and so the river guide and I didn't really get much time alone together Um, we had spent some evenings going to dinners, but it usually followed up with meeting other people and being around other people. And, um, we worked very different schedules. So one night while we were in Terlingua, he ended up playing poker with a bunch of people and I had come along to kind of hang out for a little bit, but working overnight, I couldn't stay out very late. So I would hang out as long as I could. And then it was like, all right, well, I have to go to bed. Um, And I had navigated this weird schedule while dating other people before, but it was still kind of new and definitely tricky. I couldn't really blame him for not wanting to leave when I had to leave. But at the same time, it was still kind of hard with dating somebody new and not really knowing them well or being able to trust them that like I would leave and go home and leave him up to go do whatever he was going to go do. So that's exactly what happened. I had been hanging out while he had been playing poker and then I took off and turns out he came back at like 2 o'clock in the morning and poker had turned into going to the bar and meeting up with friends and it was really a hard situation for me to get used to and not one that I felt super comfortable with. So I was really looking forward to this caravan where it would just be the two of us we hadn't been dating long at all. I wanted more time to get to know him. That long weekend that we had taken in El Paso was great because it had just been the two of us and we had time to talk and get to know each other. And all of the time that we had had in Terlingua was much more of like a group date always and not ever time just with us. So I was pretty crushed when I found out that we wouldn't be caravanning just the two of us. There was another girl that was making the trek, and she had asked if she could drive with us, and the river guide had said yes, and then he told me that the plan was going to be that the three of us were going to caravan together, and I told him how I felt about that, that I had really been looking forward to the time with just the two of us, and I know that once we get to Colorado, it's going to be everybody together all the time again, which is fine, but maybe we could just have this week where it's just us. And he did not like that. Um, He felt like I was trying to get between him and his friends and trying to make him choose between me and his friends, which was not the case, but... um, That's how he kind of took it, and so it definitely didn't go over well. Um, And he flat out said, no, we're going to go with this girl, too. And so I said, okay, fine, (laughs) and I'll just make the best of it. So we all take off, and we start heading north. Now, I know I've made this sound like I kind of just said, okay, that's fine, but it really was more like, Quite a big fight. And so we take off from Terlingua and we head a couple hours north and we stop at his friend's place for the night. We actually ended up going to what's called a star party, where we got to go to an observatory and look through a bunch of telescopes at the stars. And it was really fun, but of course, it wasn't just the two of us, which would have been an awesome date. It was the two of us and that girl and his friend. And we had gone out to dinner before that and it was like he was paying for me and this other girl and it just it just was uncomfortable for me. It didn't ever feel like it could just be the two of us. So between all of the fun, there's this underlying stress that's just kind of building. I had said that it would be fine and I can feel myself resenting him and this other girl and so... Um, the fighting was always just kind of there. We kept on going and we end up stopping next at a spot that I had stayed at just outside of Carlsbad Caverns. And we get there and there are all these cool little caves that I had not explored when I went because I was by myself and they're kind of fenced off so that no cows fall down inside of them. And uh, exploring a cave alone just didn't sound fun to me, but he had been there before and went into these uh, fences and we kind of all explored down into these caves and it was really fun. And again, it was us and this other girl and I could just tell how frustrated I was getting by the situation. So I decide, you know, I need to cool off. I'm going to go for a run. He was going to go for a walk and we were going to come back and everything was going to be fine. So we do and I come back and we hang out for a little bit and I have to go to bed and get ready to work again in the morning. And of course, we're back to the situation of, I wish that he'd come to bed with me or hang out with me, but I also understand why somebody wouldn't want to go to bed at 7 p.m. And so he stayed out at the campfire with this other girl. And looking back, like I don't believe that anything happened between them. I do feel like this was just his close friend and colleague, but... Starting a new relationship with another person so closely involved definitely made me feel uncomfortable. And we get up the next day after I'm done working and we keep pushing along, trying to make this trek up to Colorado. Um, We start running into the issue of I'm the only person who needs service because I'm working every day as we're making these treks. So now we're meeting up with not only this girl, but a couple of the other river guides, and they all have places that they know they're going to camp that are beautiful and secluded and off the grid with no cell signal. So we get outside of Albuquerque, and this is one of the spots where the spot that we're going to be staying at does not have service. And the river guide has an important choice to make whether he goes to stay with his friends or whether he stays in a really crappy parking spot overnight with me and we had all met up in albuquerque to watch the screening of a documentary the documentary was called the river and the wall and it was being screened in albuquerque and it was about the wall that was being proposed to be built by president trump at the time and a group of people who traveled all along um the Rio Grande River where the wall was going to be built and it was a super interesting documentary really cool that I got to go along with them um the reason why they went to go see it is because they knew a lot of the people in it it was filmed in terlingua for some of the parts so we went to go watch that but after that screening the group went back to their secluded campsite And I was camping over at a Cracker Barrel in like the middle of a shopping mall area. So definitely not a nice place to stay. But the river guide decided to stay with me, which was great. Except that we fought pretty much the whole time. And the next morning it got so bad that obviously now I don't even remember what... We were really fighting about, but it exploded. I basically told him, like, you can take your stuff out of my van and we can never see each other again if you don't care about this or something like that. And so he took off and left me in the parking lot in Albuquerque. Now, I had my van with me, so I'm not, like, completely abandoned, but the reason I'm on this route is... To be with him and to go to where he's going next. And all of a sudden he just takes off and is like well I'll see ya. Now I don't always give up easily or leave when I should or learn lessons the first time. So uh, I just start heading north towards where I know we're supposed to go to Colorado. And kind of hope that I hear from him at some point. We didn't really break up. It was more just like a fight. And he drove away. So I decided to blow off some steam and grab my mountain bike and go for a bike ride and then continue my way north. I eventually heard from him and he told me that he was going to a ranch where he knew some people and the other guides were going to be there. And that he just needed some space and we'd talk in a few days. So I went on my way And my first stop was to Taos, New Mexico. And I get to Taos and I was really excited to get there because I knew people there. Um, My oldest childhood friend, um, my mom's best friends, two of her sons lived in Taos. And it had been years since I had seen one of them. And I texted him and let him know I was coming into town. And he was like, awesome, I'm free, let's meet up. So we meet up at this bar and we're catching up and having a great time. And I am also stressed and letting loose and drinking lots and lots of beer. (laughs) Um, Of course, I have to work in the morning. So we eventually stumble our way back to where I'm staying at his place. And he lived in this hippie commune um, in Taos, New Mexico. Now he was definitely the outlier of this hippie commune, but I got to meet some of the characters that lived there. Um, and there were all of these animals there. There's a donkey, there's a bunch of turkeys, some dogs, and we hang out for a bit later. And then I'm like, I have got to go to sleep. I've already stayed up way too late. I'm going to sleep for like an hour and a half which um, I tend to make some of these bad choices as I'm working overnight. And I have to get up and work in the morning. Now, just like Interlingua, there's no cell cell signal here at all. But there's Wi-Fi. So my friend tells me to just pull your van um, next to the kitchen area where the router is, and you should be able to get onto it from your van, which is great because I was teaching... English at the time. I needed to be on camera. It needs to be quiet. They need to be able to hear me. So it's not a job where I could just like work in a kitchen, especially like a communal kitchen like this place has. I really do need to be in my own quiet space. So, like 2 a.m. rolls around and I move the van next to the kitchen and I cannot get on the Wi Fi. So I go sit in the kitchen, turn the light on, Wi Fi is working great everything is good until other people start to wake up and they come into the kitchen and I'm sitting there in this kitchen where I know absolutely nobody. Um, Strangers are walking in and out. People are talking to me. Um, A donkey comes right up to the door. (laughs) And meanwhile, I'm trying to like totally play it cool on the computer screen. Like nothing is happening. It's all fine. And Finally, some guy that lives there comes into the kitchen and starts chewing me out. Whose van is this? Who's parked in front of the door? You're not allowed to park here. And while he's yelling at me, I'm speaking to some student across the globe, like, this is a cat. And I'm like trying to get this guy to stop yelling at me while also not like breaking out of teacher mode because, again, it's really easy to get fired from this job. Um, And I need this job. So I'm having an absolute panic meltdown. I'm sure I was like profusely sweating as people are yelling at me. Two people come and stand right next to where I'm teaching and they're like giving directions to somebody. And it was just absolute chaos. Somehow I survived. Uh, I did not get fired that time either. And my friend comes into the kitchen and I'm like, this is not going to work. Um... I can't do this. I can't stay here. I have to find another place to work from tomorrow. This was a disaster. Please tell this angry man that I'm sorry for parking in front of the kitchen. So we, I, so I don't end up staying there again. I found another place to stay the next night. But while I was in town, um, I got to hang out with both of my oldest friends. It was so nice to catch up with them. And it was a really good distraction from the relationship shambles that I was in at the time. I only stayed a couple of days and then I figured I'd continue on north so um, my next stop was Great Sand Dunes National Park. I decided I'd split up my drive a little bit with some sightseeing and continue taking my mind off of whatever I was headed towards and so that's exactly what I did. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for another episode another season of our stories if you want to keep up with us in real time you can always follow us on facebook and instagram at adventures from the van and we'll see you again next time